Uh, this will be a new series. I sat down Monday and started writing my notes, and my goodness, it was more than I could ever say, and I might not get all this today. Is it okay if I slow her down a little bit? Because I want you to get this. This is really important. The title of this series is A Solid Foundation. Today, specifically, your foundation will determine your future. Everybody say it. My foundation will determine my future. So, so do you have his question? Uh, like questions. Do, do you have a, a, a solid conviction that regardless of what happens in life, in America, in the world, that you're going to make it through it? Yeah. Do you have a solid conviction? That's, that's, that's a big question. Uh, another question, are you spiritually, uh, mentally, physically prepared for huge challenges that perhaps upset routine? Because we're, listen, we're living in an age, I mean, nothing's the same. Everything's changed. Have you noticed? Well, we're two years into this COVID thing and, you know, it ain't, how many have figured out, it ain't, it's not about COVID. There's something just a little bit deeper here. Uh, in my notes, I've said, you can weather any storm or test when you align your thoughts, your values, your lifestyle with God and his word. Back in my 20s, I came across a verse that just, I mean, it hit me hard. Uh, as a teenager, I was on drugs and followed the crowd in school. And, uh, you know, I called myself and thought of myself as the black sheep of my family or the apple that had a, a worm in the core. You ever got bitten into one of those? Just, I was just a mess. So uh, anyway, this, this verse, Isaiah 33, verse 6, I mean, it grabbed me hard because I needed some life stability. And I found out God's word will give you life stability. And this verse says, wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times. Everybody stay t- stability. When it says stability of your times, it's talking about the stability of your life and the days that you live. And the strength of salvation, the fear of the Lord is his treasure. So, so the, the strength of our spiritual life is determined by what we do with God's word. Listen, we, we got a big thing going on with praise and worship in America right now, and I think it's awesome. But did you know that the strength of your spiritual life is not in your praise and worship? It's in the word. Did you hear what I said? You got to get put first things first. Put the word first. And if we do that, we'll be on good ground. We love praise and worship, but again, put things where they belong. So uh, is your life built on a solid foundation? That's a... That's a, a, a big question. So, so let me ask, can we ask a few questions today? I got a bunch of them in my notes. What do you fall back on and believe about your life and circumstances when things get tough? I mean, really, what do you fall back on? What's your foundation? I mean, when, when the pressure comes, when circumstances change, when, when something lands in your path that you weren't expecting, what do you fall back on? So here's a bigger question. Um, is what you fall back on, would, it be to, uh, uh, would the metaphor be sand or would the metaphor be stone? What, I mean, is it, is it something that bears uh, the weight of challenge? How many know sand cannot bear the weight of challenge? It cannot bear the weight of pressure. So, you know, the question I have to ask myself is the things that I really value, is the thing I, is the belief system I base my life on. Is it sandy? You know, we, we, that, that, uh, you just walked up under the, the walkway here. There's, uh, uh, it, it, there, it has sections to it made out of steel. And those steel sections weighed several thousand pounds apiece. And they had to get this big apparatus, big machine out here to uh, lift it up. They put it together on the ground. They had to lift it up and uh, up there. And the guy with the machine, you know, he, he, he made an error. And uh, instead of going on the hard uh, cement concrete, he went on the other side. My office is on the edge of the building here, right near my office, right where the bushes are. In fact, on your way out, look left and you'll see a big old hole. And uh, he sunk that machine's uh, wheels all the way down to the axles. And, and we were watching, in fact, we got cameras. I was at home looking like, Jesus, help that man. I mean, you know, that apparatus was swaying that, that stuff. I said, man, he's going to knock something down, my goodness. And, uh, you know, he didn't have a good foundation. You got it? It was a sandy foundation, and it could not bear the weight that he was trying to lift. And see, that's like the challenges that life brings if we have a sandy, if, if, we, if we don't have something that we can fall back on that is secure and stable. How many get it? So he, he sunk all the way down to his axles. And you know what? Sometimes life hits you with a low blow and it'll sink you right down to the axles and you can't move. Got it? Or, or it's what you believe about your life circumstances like stone or rock that doesn't change. 
when the weight of circumstances come in. You know, the building over here, about almost 7,500 square feet, and, and back several months ago when they poured the foundations for the exterior walls, um, you know, I, I loved, I love, you know, anything like that. And I, you know, my technical part of me loves that. So, you know, I'm watching. And, you know, uh, those of you that saw that, they, they dug some trenches that were several feet deep. And then uh, in the trenches, they put uh, iron, we call it rebar, and they, that's by code. And that's to make the exterior walls be able to, uh, to bear the weight of the walls and bear the weight of the roof. And then, and then also the, the stressors of uh, wind and and, and, and such, and, and then not probably a huge, but a mild, even earth movement. They can, it, it can handle earth movement. How many understand the foundation of any building is the most important part of it? Is that true? So you got a, you got a skyscraper downtown Raleigh or somewhere, you know, you got a, a deep foundation there that's, uh, that is, that is, it's, it's built on bedrock and, you know, that means it's firm. So what about life? That's a good metaphor for life, a sand or, or stone. What are you building on? Listen to what Jesus said, Matthew 7, 24 through 27. This is New Living Translation. Anyone who listens to my teachings and follows is a wise, is, a, is, wise, is uh, like a person who builds his house on solid rock. So his house is a metaphor for his life. Uh, though the rain comes in torrents, the floodwaters rise, and the winds beat against that house, that is the circumstances, harshness comes against life, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and does, doesn't obey it is, like a, is foolish like a person who builds his house on sand. And when the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So notice against both persons came the wind, the rain, and, uh, and the flood. And, but, so it's, it's not the circumstances that defeat us. It's the foundation, life foundation or lack of it that can whip our backside bad. How many hear me? Now, I've been in ministry since 1981, been with the Lord over 45 years and you know, I've, I've known a lot of people, y'all, who I thought, listen, I thought their life was on a good foundation, but when the, when the winds blew, when the storm came, when the waters rose, when their circumstances rose up, they were not prepared, they were not ready, and they took a fall. It was a, it was a life ditch, boy, and they didn't get back out the ditch. Uh, and you don't want to be that way, right? I mean, you're here because you want a good life foundation. How many, how many, how many can say yes to that? Here's a question. Are you able to discern truth from lying and deception. That's where I'm going today, so hang on. Our life foundation determines whether or not we navigate past the deceptions that are all around us or we fall into the trap that deception provides over the next few years. So why am I talking about deception? Uh, the, the first indicator that Jesus mentions um, that we are entering into the time just prior to his return to earth, the first qualifier is deception. Listen to Matthew 24, 3 and 4. Everybody okay? I got a lot to say, so we got to move. Are you, are you listening strong? Say, I'm listening strong. Good. Here we are. Uh, here's the Passion Translation, which just says this so well. I'm going to use that several times today. Later, when they arrived at the Mount of Olives, that is Jesus and his disciples, um, his disciples came pri privately to where he was sitting, said, tell us, when will these things happen and what supernatural sign should we expect to signal your coming and the completion of this age? And Jesus answered, here's the very first thing he said. At that time, deception will run rampant. Did you get what I just said? Now, I'm going to take my phone out. I, that word rampant really grabbed me before service, and I actually took a photo of, of the definition. So uh, I should have had this, but here we are. So I took a photo of the def, definition of rampant, um, flourishing or spreading unchecked. That's the definition. And then this is not in the notes. So, so the sin, I always look at synonyms when I want to, I love words. I'm a wordsmith. I love words. So, so the synonyms for rampant, uncontrolled, unrestrained, unchecked, unbridled, widespread, pandemic. <laughs> it's in there. Epidemic. Pervasive, out of control, out of hand, rife, spreading like wildfire. 
Jesus said deception would be the order of the day. And he said, so beware that you're not fooled. So, so, so if Jesus said the, the first qualifier uh, for knowing that we're entering into a different season is deception, you know, what, what do we need to do? How do we prepare for that? Notice again, here's the apostle Paul talking to a young man named Tim, Timothy. Timothy was taking over a church in Ephesus, which was at that time a mega church of his age, probably one of the largest churches in Asia Minor or modern day Turkey. And notice what he said, the Holy Spirit has explicitly revealed this, 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 2, the Passion Translation again. Holy Spirit has explicitly revealed. That means, you know, that would be like you going up to somebody and say, hey, hey, eyeball to eyeball. Hey, look right here. Listen to what I'm about to say. It's one of the most important things I'm going to tell you. So he said, uh, at the end of this age, many will depart from the true faith. Now, y'all, that breaks my heart when I hear that. Uh, To depart from something means you were in it. So here are people who were believers, but they left what they believed for something else. Can you read that into that? Yes, you can. Many many, Many will depart from the true faith one after another. When I read that, here's the first thing I think. Would I be included in that? How can I keep from being included in that? Are you going to be in that camp who were with God, with Jesus, with the word, believe the Bible, but something happened and you got off course? He said it would happen to many. Many will depart from the faith, true faith one after another. It's not an, not an isolated case. Have you, have you sat down to think about that a little bit? What's it going to look like for a lot of believers just to leave the camp? Leave the faith. Why, why are they leaving the faith? They believe something else. Wow. Devoting themselves. What are they doing? Devoting themselves to spirits of deception. We'll look at it closer in a minute. Is deception spreading like wildfire today? <laughs> Could you get involved in and, and let that deception waylay you? You could. I could. Devoting themselves, devoting themselves. That means you hearing something and says, you know what? I believe that's right and what I've, what I've learned, that's not the way it is. I've got four children. They're all grown and married and I have eight grandchildren now. But all of my children went to school. Colleges and universities. They're rife with deception. I've been at this again a long time. And I've seen an awful lot of kids go off to college. And they weren't prepared for the lifestyle of the instructors they had. And they fill their brains full of mush. Unbelief, doubt, rebellion against God. Atheism, agnosticism, amorality. Anything goes. How many hear me? That's just one section there. Devoting themselves to spirits of deception and following demon-inspired revelations and theories. What do you mean demon-inspired revelations and theories? Anything that disagrees with God's moral standards is a demon-inspired revelation and theory. Anything that tells you it's okay to lie to get your way, that's demon-inspired. The first time somebody uh, departs from facts and says that, at that moment, I stop listening to them. How about you? Because they're involved in deception. That's the reason I've cut the news off. More about that later. Hypocrite, verse 2, he says, Hypocritical liars will deceive many. That is, here's a person that says one thing, but he doesn't live by the standards of what he said. Y'all, that's everywhere today. Yes or no? And their consciences won't bother them at all. That means they can defame someone, hurt someone, tell something that's not too uh, true, twist the facts, and it don't bother them at all. It's like, you know, hey, let's go have another ice cream to them. 
Then 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 9 through 12, this man talks, speaking of the Antichrist, which is a person who is, uh, who typifies that term. He's against Christ or against Christianity or against Christian values and morals and such. Uh, this man will come to do the work of Satan with counterfeit power and signs and miracles. He will use every kind of evil what? Deception to fool those who are on the way to destruction because they refuse to love and accept the truth that would save them. So, so do you see what that just said? See, see if, I'm not, if I'm not a person that is open to the Bible, open to the word of God, then, then by default, I open myself wide open to deception. So if, if, if what, I, what, the, what my life foundation is, is not the values and standards of the word of God, the Judeo-Christian ethic is found in the Ten Commandments, I'm wide open for deception. And we've got a whole culture today. They're trying to open our children. I mean single-digit age children up to deception now, trying to get us to depart from the morals that made our, made our nation great. How many hear me? So he says here, verse 11, so God will cause them to be greatly deceived. Now, anytime in the Bible when it says God does something that looks like it's bad, all that means is he took, takes his hands off people that choose not to believe what he said. The moment I take my Bible and say, I don't need that, you just open yourself up. God says, I have no, no other recourse but to back up. You get that? So. Uh, so God will cause them to be greatly deceived and they will believe these lies. That's a pitiful place to be in life. To be a person that's vulnerable to any information they hear. Are you vulnerable to any information you hear? Do you easily believe the things that you read in typed print? Do you easily believe videos that you see? Do you easily believe even the news broadcasters now? Yes or no? If you, if, if you shrug your shoulders and say, I don't know, well, you, you're probably deceived. Huh? I don't know how to put ice cream on this message. We just got to bring it raw. Is that all right? Then it says, verse 12, then they will be condemned for joy, enjoying evil rather than believing the truth. So here's some more questions. Got a bunch of questions. Do you have a life foundation in the word that will enable you to resist deception and resist the rule of the Antichrist that will seek to dominate the world economically, politically, and spiritually? Quest, big, big question. So, so that leads me to a point, and uh, some of you, now, now, now just bear with me a second. Um, from Scripture... And I changed what I believe 11 years ago. I had kind of a, a, an awakening, um, uh, uh, whatever you want to call it. Um, I preached uh, the, the rapture of the church, taking the church away before things get really bad. I preached that for 25 plus years and studied it longer than that. And, uh, but God uh, kind of rattled my cage 11 years ago. It was back in 2000. Well, actually, it's 12 years ago now. It would be 2010. Rattle my cage about it. I do not believe that the rapture of the church is going to whisk us away before uh, what is called the tribulation begins. So, if you're looking at me, oh, wait a minute now, Pastor, that's, that's what I believe. Well, well, okay, okay, okay. If you believe that, I'm totally cool with that. And if that's true, on the way up, I hope Jesus lets me be right beside you as, er, as gravity loses its... Uh, it's touch on us and we're going up to heaven. And I look at you and say, man, I'm so glad you were right. Thank God. Okay? I have no beef. If, you want to, if that's what you believe, I'm cool. But, but, but bear with me a minute. What if you're not right? And what if the, the pot starts boiling and, and you're in it and you're not up yet, up in heaven? What you going to do now? Huh? Well, so bear a few minutes. Is that okay? First part of what people typically call the tribulation, which actually that seven-year period mentioned in Daniel 9.27, nowhere in the Bible is the whole period called the tribulation. Jesus called it the great tribulation after the Antichrist. He's going to make a covenant with Israel and yada, yada. Uh, after about three and a half years or so, and he calls it the Great Tribulation. But for, you know, we'll call it Tribulation, the seven-year period. First part of that time, we'll see a rise of a man in the Middle East somewhere, 
He's going to make an agreement with Israel and the Arab states. Most probably, we don't know what that looks like, some kind of a treaty, some kind of agreement. I don't believe that's happened yet, but we are really, really, really close. I can't, it, it, could really, it could happen this year. It could happen later this year. It could happen any time. We just don't know when. I think we're going to be aware of, of when that happens. Uh, will it make news? Maybe. Uh, maybe they'll skirt the issue. Maybe it won't be a big deal. But I believe we as believers, if you're watching and looking, uh, I think you're going to be aware of it. It hasn't happened yet. Um, uh, and so once that happens, the very end of that seven-year period that Daniel talked about just before Jesus will, returns, uh, which Jesus said the, very, the, the, the latter part of that is going to be some of the worst times planet Earth has ever seen. And he said, except those days were shortened, no people that know God would even survive. It's going to be that terrible. So very last part of that is called the day of the Lord. Everybody say day of the Lord. That uh, term is mentioned six or seven times in scripture, the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is a calamitous time where it looks like meteorites fall out of the sky. You can read about it in Revelation 8 and 9. That's the wrath of God. And that's when the wrath of God falls. We won't be here for that. Is that good news? Well, Jesus somehow is going to whisk us out before all that stuff happens. So if you're reading all this stuff, there's all kinds of things out about everything these days. I just want you to know God's got us in the palm of his hand. Do you hear what I just said? So I think things are going to heat up probably more than I like and than you like. It's going to be challenging, difficult. The thing that I know is during that challenging, difficult time, uh, what's going to be more paramount for us is the presence of God's going to increase in us. If you'll just walk with God, get in the word, pray, seek God, seek first the kingdom of God, you're going to be just fine. God keeps speaking to me over and over again. You're going to be fine. Just keep your eyes on me and quit looking at all the negative stuff. So really, turn the daggum news off, y'all. How many hear me? Uh, If you're not born again, you will be here during that calamitous time. If you don't know Jesus, if you're not walking with God, if you're you're just kind of, man, I don't know what I think about Jesus. I don't know what I think about the Bible. Yeah, I went to church, but but you're doing nothing with it. You may get to to ride that out. You don't want to be here, y'all. So anyway, bottom line is we'll see the rise of the Antichrist. One of his main traits is going to be deception. And the truth is he may use the apparatus that's already set up. I... Uh, we're not in that seven-year period yet. Um, uh, we're, re- I think we're really close. And, you know, COVID and all that happened, you know, the last couple of years, I've said this and I've heard other people since say that. Uh, it's kind of a dry run for things that are to come. That's, that's my opinion. Now, you may have a different opinion. I'm fine with that. Um, but I do know that when that seven-year time period comes and that uh, treaty's made and, you know, the Antichrist is here, he may use the deceptive apparatus that is already set up all over the world with media, with economics. How many here? We'll talk more about that in a minute. Daniel 8.25 says this about uh, this person that the, nobody will call him the Antichrist. He won't have that. Well, here's the Antichrist. He won't say that. It'll be like a, a, probably a leader of a nation that really is in cahoots with Israel. And, uh, and you know, yeah, he's going to have a big mark. Oh, I am the Antichrist. That won't be happening, you know. Daniel 8.25, New Living Translation, he will be a master of deception. Everybody say master of deception. Now, now yeah, that's a challenge for me. There, we, we've, we've, there have been some leaders that I've looked at them and that said, that guy right there is a snake. He lies. In fact, see, this is years ago. This is a long, this is years ago. Susan was in our living room right at our, one of our couches, and we had a TV right there, you know, we had the TV on. And, and I was walking from the kitchen to my bedroom, and there's Susan, and I just looked, and I looked at what she was looking at the news. And y'all, I mean, it, it just came out of my mouth impromptu. Susan, see that guy right there? He's a snake in the grass. He's a liar. And she just looked at me, and, and you know what? He was. Who was it? You'll never know. Anyway, Daniel 8, 25, he'll be a master of deception, become arrogant, destroy many without warning. He'll even take the prince uh, on the prince of princes and battle Jesus, but he will be broken, but not without human, but not, uh, though not by human power. And then Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, Isaiah typifies a day of deception when he says, woe to those who call evil good, good evil, uh, put darkness for light, light for darkness, put bitter for sweet. Sweet for bitter. So, so how many know we're living in that time right now? I mean, what you think is good, uh, a lot of the culture says is real bad. 
And then the media pundits say, well, that's just bad. What you say is bad. Oh, that's good. No, that's the way you want it. That's the way you want it to be. So how to recognize the spirit of Antichrist. I have shared this before. I'm going to do this real fast. It's in the notes. So you may want to go online and get the notes because I don't have time to, uh, I, you know, I can't get in the weeds on this. I'm going to read it. So this person called Antichrist and what is coming, which is really close, that, that attitude or spirit is here now. Um, they will support and push the following. You ready for this? Uh, they will support and push a loss of personal freedom. Anything that tells you you got to do something and you don't have a personal uh, choice, that's a problem. Spirit of Antichrist. Just read between the lines, y'all. Can you read between the lines? Abortion, same-sex marriage, transgender rights and sexual orientation rights. That, did you know that's spirit of Antichrist? Hmm? Pornography. Hmm. Living together without marriage. Did you know that's, that, that's uh, supported by the spirit of Antichrist? Yeah. Huh? Relative values. That means what you believe and think, it changes according to who you're with. You're kind of like that little lizard that changes colors, a chameleon. They're brown, you're brown. They're green, you're green. They're red, you're red. Yeah, right. Uh, socialism. You know what socialism really touts? No individual rights. Hard work means nothing. Everybody gets the same. Everybody just gets a spoonful, just enough. Communism. Communism, communal living. That is, you don't have property, you don't have anything but what the government gives you. Now, that's the spirit of Antichrist at work big time. How many hear me? Overbearing governmental controls. Atheism, lawlessness, fear, godlessness, Amorality. You put an A in front of anything, it makes it the opposite. So morality, put an A in front. Amorality means anything goes. Hmm. Is that today? Jesus help us. Divisiveness, inequality, rioting, violence, division, racism, worldwide law codes adopted by all nations. Then that Antichrist is going to want to have one code of ethics, one code of laws that every nation just kind of kowtows to. Worldwide currencies. Do you know a digital currency is in the works right now? I've read articles this past week. They're seeking to make the dollar a digital dollar. Why? So it'll join the world currency. Yeah, read between the lines, y'all. Uh, no borders between nations. Now, this one's a sticky one here. Removing a nation from its history. Immigrating masses of people from their native lands into lands that are new to them. And then erasing the... Did you know that stuff's happening all over the world? Do you know Islam does that when they conquer a nation? Do you know in the crusade times, you know they conquered nations? They took away their, their language. They took away their history. And everybody had to speak Arabic. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, more to say anyway. We're living in strange times and where truth is twisted. Many Christians will fall for the deceptions that arise. Many, a lot of people, how many know a lot of people have lost spiritual ground over the past two years? Yes or no? Hmm. Uh, so here's a question to ask yourself. Uh, am I a person that can be deceived? Here's a question. Uh, do I have enough of the word of God in me that I'm able to identify and repel deceit, deception. Really, the only way you do that is knowing the truth. You know, when I was young, uh, I made a personal decision because that was when Jim Jones thing, I've talked about it, Ghana. And uh, I mean, I, I was, what, eight, 19 then? 1977, I was 19. And it just shot everybody silly, you know, when it happened. And, and I made a personal vow inside me and I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to take the Bible because I, I just came to the Lord in 1976. I'm going to take this Bible right here. If I know this Bible, nobody's going to deceive me. That means any book I read, if it's not right, I'll know it. If I'm listening to somebody, if they're not right, I'll know it. I made a decision. I'm going to get this book right here inside me. So I started memorizing it. I started chewing on it. How many hear me? Anyway, 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 2. Y'all with me? Again, Passion Translation, the Holy Spirit has explicitly revealed. At the end of this age, many will depart from the true faith one after another, devoting themselves to uh, uh, spirits of deception. Hypocritical liars will deceive many. Their consciences won't bother them at all. I, I, just, I just read that. Where am I? Yeah, here we are. Still, still at the same place. 
How many know if you don't stand for the truth, you can e- easily fall for anything? Truth. So here's a question. When's the last time you heard something that you know is wrong, false? Really? When's the last time? Uh, here's another question. What's your gullibility factor? Are you gullible? That means somebody's saying something, they got a tie on, they got a coat on, they're looking like they know what they're talking about. I mean, they're, they're, their countenance looks like they're an upright kind of person. Are you gullible? So, so, so when's the last time you heard something you know is false? If it's not recent, like the last couple of days, you're probably a person that's vulnerable to being deceived. Everybody listening? It gets quiet, right? Uh, I was planning on quiet today. We're good. And, you know, this is not just spiritual things, but across the board. See, we're living in, living in an era of time where truth is being exploited. And, and just a, a segment of truth will be given, but it's warped and twisted to the point that uh, it's not given all the whole parameter of what's being said and what is happening. And that's obvious. How many hear me? See, the spirit of Antichrist is setting the stage for the world to be controlled, and that's why there's such misinformation. Here's 2 Timothy 4, four first four verses. Timothy, in the presence of our great God and our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who's destined to be judged, to judge both the living and the dead by the revelation of his kingdom, I sudden solemnly instruct you to proclaim the word of God and stand, uh, stand upon it no matter what. Rise to the occasion, preach when it's convenient and when it's not. How many know sometimes it's not convenient to preach? I've been in some audiences, I've preached in 17, 18 nations. They looked at me with a poker face like, what are you talking about? Shut up. I just kept preaching. That's what he said do. Preach in the full expression of the Holy Spirit with wisdom and patience uh, as you instruct and teach the people Verse 3, 4, the time is coming when they will no longer listen and respond to healing words of truth because they will become selfish and proud. They will seek out teachers with soothing words that line up with their desire, saying just what they want to hear. They will close their ears to truth and believe nothing but fables and myths. If you come here and what I say doesn't challenge you, I ain't saying it right. Yes or no? So let me say it a different way. If, if you can adopt any lifestyle, any behavior pattern and say, I'm right with God, I'm a Christian and you never change one iota, you just add Jesus to your list of idols. I ain't preaching right. If sometimes I don't make you squirm in your seat, something's wrong with me. That's what he said. Right? So here's the question. Are you going to stand strong as a believer when it's not convenient? And those times are quickly approaching us in America. Hey, we've had our cake and we've been eating it for a long time. But I'm going to tell you, the time is coming when it's not going to be convenient to be a believer in America. And you're going to be challenged for what you believe. A lot of people will acquiesce just because they don't want to uh, upset the apple cart and they don't want to offend anybody and they don't want to be a, an, an antagonist to anyone. So they just kind of back up. So you know what? We're reaching a time it's going to be not convenient to believe the truth. Are you willing to be inconvenienced for what God says? He, I didn't say be arrogant, mean, snooty, aggravating, unloving. We can be lovingly kind but disagree with what somebody says. Are you going to stand strong when it goes cross-grained to what is popular? Hmm. Now, I think this is going to come more quickly than I like. So really, are you willing to be persecuted for what you believe? That's the question. So um, today really is all I just said. It's a day to weigh in the balance the things that you hear. Um, you know, what is amazing is we've got more information more tools for communication, uh, more opportunities to hear than any generation that's ever lived on planet Earth. We, we can hear what's happening on the other side of the world, you know, 10,000, 12,000 miles away on the opposite end of the globe in a millisecond now. Is that right? Just a few seconds. It, we get the information. That's the way it is. But, but we're potentially more deceived than any other previous generation. That, that's, what, that's what's really, really crazy about it. So again, if you believe everything you hear, you're most probably a deceived person. 
So see, that's a good self-checkup and self-challenge, right? One thing that we can do to help free ourselves is, uh, from deception is turn off the news. One, two, how about there? I got a nod and two amens. You might not like what I'm saying. What's wrong with the news? A lot is twisted. It's contorted. It's become propaganda outlets. I read this, uh, and I've had several sources verify the exact same information. Uh, and I read broadly, and I have to scan read because there's so much to, to, you know, and I like to keep abreast of what's going on. But there are six or seven families worldwide. They're, they're opulently wealthy with trillions of dollars. Who, six or seven families, listen to what I'm saying. Some of you know this and heard it before, that actually control all of the media outlets worldwide in every nation. Now, what do you think they're doing? They're giving people money to say and emphasize what they want them to emphasize and not say anything about certain things. Now, my notes, I've, I've gotten into the weeds on that, and I don't have time to get in there, but I'm just telling you, any, news, any major news outlet, um, the, the uh, legacy media, ABC, NBC, CBS, blah, 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 all that, uh, listen, it's all controlled. Well, I know who you are, Pastor Man. No, you don't. What you do know is I'm a believer. And I have standards and values about my life. And I don't believe everything I hear anymore. I used to be gullible and believe it. But something's happened to me. I've, I've been enlightened. How many hear me? You know, I started traveling the world in 1993. I've been on lots of missions trips, you know, in lots of different places in the world. And, and I used to think, well, you know, Things are going to be okay. Now, now Bo says it best, uh, safety is an illusion. Peace is an illusion. I got a little bit smarter somehow. Censorship is producing deception today. Uh, social media platforms. Y'all, I, I'm, oh. I'm a hairbreadth from just ditching Facebook. I'm so upset with it. It's an alternate reality. Did you know that? Did you know there's several billion people uh, worldwide on Facebook? Did you know it, it is creating an alternate reality? Did you know that Google searches are an alternate reality? What do you mean? That means uh, the, the algorithms only allow certain kinds of information out. And if you type certain things in, there's certain things it will never go to, and you have to hide. So you have to go to places like, what is it, Swiss cows? Nobody's ever heard of that one. That's a search engine. Or many, most have heard of Duck, Duck, Go. Yeah, you have to go to other places, and then sometimes the algorithms have grabbed them too. So all of these media platforms, y'all, are influenced by their owners and influenced by major donors who have an agenda to push a narrative that moves you away from faith in God, from believing God's word, and from embracing moral values that create a strong family unit with a male father and a female mama. And a birth certificate that says male or female. I am done with this. Well, I'm transgender. You know what? You need to get over there. You're going to go to hell. You cannot be an amoral person and go to heaven. Now, the algorithms on Facebook just heard all this, and I hope you enjoy what you're hearing. I'm making plans to, to do this other than Facebook, by the way. So again, we're in the prep time for the Antichrist. His whole goal is to destabilize nations. How many hear what I'm saying? So let me get, I've got a lot more in the notes. I don't have time to go there. How can we keep from being deceived? The number one thing is obey God's word. That's what Jesus said in Matthew 7. When the wind comes, when the rain comes, when the floods rise. He said, the person that has a solid life is the person that acts on what I say. If I act on what he said, I'm going to be all right. Right? Don't just listen to a pastor on Sunday morning. Don't just read your 365-day-a-week-a-year uh, uh, Bible. Uh, do what the thing says. Slow down enough. I do not speed read the Bible. Don't speed read the Bible. Read it and say, God, is there some sin I need to forsake? Is there something I'm not doing I should? Is there an attitude I need to change? Is there something I need to repent of? Is there something I need to add to my life I'm not doing yet? Ask yourself questions while you read the Word, right? Make it your lifestyle, 
And make sure your lifestyle lines up with what God says about you, what you are to be. So again, um, so here's the deal. I'm going to read this from my notes. When I hear the word, uh, but the word disagrees with what I feel like doing or want to do at the moment or my friends want to do or my company wants me to do, or the word disagrees with what is popular in culture right now and I want to be popular with other people, if I ignore the word and act on my feelings or on the demands of the people around me, I actually open myself up to demonic deception. So how do you deal with today's pressure and the deception? Stay with God's word. Now I'm going to end with this. Listen to this. 2 Timothy 3. Everybody okay? 2 Timothy 3, 10 through 17. This is New Living Translation. I just love this because he said a lot here. But you, Timothy, certainly you know what I teach and how I live and what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love, my endurance. You know how much persecution and suffering I've endured. He said, you've seen the lifestyle. I haven't just preached to you. I've lived what I preach. That's what he's really saying here. Uh, you, you know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch, Iconium, Lystra. But the Lord rescued me from all of it. Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. That means what you think, what you believe, and what you say and how you live grow, grows, goes cross-grain to a lot of the cultural trends of your day. You don't have a persecution complex. You're not trying to make people not like you. You just live in your life. You're just obeying God. You're just seeking first the kingdom of God. He said here to Timothy, if you do that, you're going to suffer persecution. That is, people are going to vilify you, ostracize you, marginalize you, put you on the side, not want to befriend you, uh, turn down your lunch in, uh, invitations. They don't want to ride with you to the amusement park and have fun. They don't want to mess with you. Got it? But he says, but evil people and imposters will flourish. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. But you must remain faithful to the things you've been taught. You know that uh, they are true, uh, for you know you can trust those who taught you. Now watch this. You have been taught the holy scriptures from childhood. You know what? In America, a lot of people were raised in church, raised in Sunday school. Their parents took them to, 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 uh, to church but when they got older, got away from mom and dad's influence, got out of the Christian school, got away from the Christian influence, got into college, got into their jobs, and nobody else believed what they believed, they just stepped back. Those are the people that are wide open for deception. How many hear me? He said, you've been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood and, have been, uh, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. Then he ends with this, verse 16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Uh, that means God breathed just as much God's Word as if you could hear, feel his hot breath and feel his spittle hitting you on the face when he speaks. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction in righteousness. We could take four weeks and talk about that. I don't have time. That the man or woman of God may be complete. Everybody say complete. Thoroughly equipped for every good work. That word complete, thoroughly equipped. Rick Renner, who's a Greek scholar, brings out that these words actually in first century were also used of those who were preparing a sailing ship that was going to go from one uh, nation or one continent to another, just driven by the winds with huge masts and huge sails. They had to be equipped with all of the water, all of the food, all of the clothing, all of the armament, all everything necessary, every requisite of life had to be put on that ship for every single person for X number of days. Uh, be, today it would be like, you know, uh, you're in the Navy, you got submarine duty, and you're going to be out under the ocean, y'all. For months at a time, you'll never see the sun. Everything to help you live has got to be on that sub. It's a major task. All scriptures that way is given by inspiration of God. And so that we can be complete, thoroughly equipped. God has given us everything we need to navigate today. You hear what I'm saying? What you need is this right here. If I've got that... You leave me on a desert island. I got this right here. I say, God, show me which weeds I can eat. Show me how to, how to purify some water. Some, you know, I won't puke my guts out. 
Lord, show me where I can go. Show me what I can eat. Provide for me. Help me make shelter. If I got that and I've got God's wisdom, I got everything I need in life. Here's the day. Decide, decide to be conscious. I'm closing up with this. Be conscious of the word. If I'm conscious of the word, it activates the Holy Spirit in your life. The Holy Spirit, he won't snuggle up to you unless you snuggle up to the word. The more I, the more I think about the word. Look at my, isn't this a mess? I need a new Bible, y'all. If you've got the Bible that looks like it hasn't been touched, it's not in your heart. If the pages aren't a mess and it's about to fall, that means you're not in it. But if you get this in, you know what it does? It tr- attracts the Holy Ghost. My, my grandfather, this is a weird illustration. My grandfather had, a, you know, he grew, he loved uh, horticulture, so he had big, he planted stuff all the time. Every time I go visit him, he, had, he sold vegetables on the side of the road, you know, this big old place he made. And he always stuck a watermelon right there, an open watermelon, and here come the flies. But he put enough uh, uh, poison on it, it killed all the flies. And they're, up, they're upside down. I know. The watermelon drew the flies. It's not a good illustration. But listen to me. You get in the word, you'll attract the Holy Ghost. The way watermelon attracts flies. You won't forget that, will you? Now go eat a piece of watermelon, you remember the word. Two verses I'll end with, and this is it. First John 2.20. I love this. But you are not like that, for the Holy One has given you His Spirit, and all of you know the truth. New, the King James Version says, you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know or understand all things. You know what I found out? If you hide the Word of God inside of you, somebody's talking to you, you got a monitor inside. And that monitor saying, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or they're talking, that monitor says, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That monitor saying, cut your ears off, son. They're not listening. Turn away. Smile and be nice. Walk away. Don't believe it. Don't listen. How many hear me? I've had that happen to me all my adult life. Life. First John 2.27, Passion Translation, but the wonderful anointing you've received from God is so much greater than their deception and now lives in you. There's no need for anyone to keep teaching you. His anointing teaches you all that you need to know for it will lead you into truth, not a counterfeit. So just as the anointing has taught you, remain in him. Now see the Holy Spirit again. He's the spirit of truth. You get the word in you. I don't care what situation you're in. I've I've been in churches. I've been in meetings. I've been with individuals. I've been in group settings. I've been in other countries. I've I've talked to people uh, that I don't know everywhere. All over the place. And, and, And you know what I have noticed? Every time somebody's not telling the truth, I know it. Now I don't always tell them because they, you know, they might not listen. Speak not in the ears of a fool, Proverbs says. He'll despise the wisdom of your words. So he'll teach you how to be silent, how to speak, and what to believe. I've had some people, I just had an intuitive knowing. In fact, what comes to my mind right now, first Bible school I attended is where I met my lovely wife, Susan. How many years ago did I meet you? 42, 43, 44. Um, I met Susan 45 years, six months ago. We're young people. And then, uh, you know, we met at Bible school. But then that same Bible school, see, we had Bible school students in our church. And there's this one guy, I really like this guy. But every time he come up to me, I couldn't figure out what it was. I was just, something's wrong inside. He's talking, he's laughing, he's joking after a service in the church. This is like 1977. And I'm like, something don't feel right. I mean, he seems like the most gregarious, outgoing, friendly, nice person. You know, I even like the way the guy, he's a good looking guy. I liked him. He's a good guy, you know. He dressed nice, but but you know, he comes up and he's talking. It's like something ain't right, man. I just feel awful. The more he talks, the more awful I felt. And you know what I found out later? His value system was incorrect. He didn't have the vow. He didn't have godly values. 
Had I became a close friend to him, he would have tried to infect my values. And you've got to be willing to turn away from that. Y'all, we're living in a day of deception. It's part of the program. It's part of the package of the end times. I want to steer clear. Get in the Word. I, you know, uh, can you go run and get one of my books and throw it? My books are right out there on that thing. I wasn't going to say this, but here's my encouragement. And I'm not trying to sell my book, but, but, you know, I'm going to write three more books this year. I've got it as one of my goals for 2022. But the first book I wrote, and we published it, you know, or, uh, fall of this year. Run. Y'all run that Run. Can you run? I don't have a lot of time. Here we go. Come on. There you go. Right here. Uh, uh, change, change your mind to change your life. The, the, the reason I wrote that, I, I wanted to title that uh, had a, uh, a Christian meditation, but people would take it wrong. The word meditation, bad connotation today. But, but I meditate the word. And, and y'all, the reason I'm here today because I made a choice, I'm going to meditate. Now, in the back of this, that very last chapter, Jesus help us. There are hundreds of verses here. Uh, If you meditate the word and get it inside of you, it'll inoculate you from deception. I'm not kidding. And I'll show you how to do it in the book. So if you don't have that, get it. And if you don't want to buy my book, I don't care. I just, you can get it on digital form, Amazon or here. Uh, I just want you to get the word. If you'll get the word inside of you, it'll change who you are. Did you get something out of this?